Uh, hi, Casey. How you doing? I'm all right, GE. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing fine. I'm about to fuck up your day, though. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Well, well I don't know. Either that or make your day. I, I'm not sure which one it is. I mean, if you're, like, interpreting what we're about to talk about on the Daily Bible Podcast, then you're probably going to fuck it up, just if history teaches us anything. Wait, fuck up your day or fuck up the story? The story. You never fuck up my day. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, as we all know, last time John and David got divorced. Okay, that's a very important point. Uh, and then David goes to his knob for some priestly time. Uh, David then tricks the pedos at the knob into giving him clothes and Goliath's sword, which was actually Saul's sword, if you don't remember, um, using his manly wiles on these uh, pedo priests. Uh, David then met a king in Gath, Gath or something, probably Gath. That sound that sounds gayer. Um, <laughs> David David is then labeled by or uh, uh, labeled by the people as a king. So he starts acting all crazy and shit. I'm guessing he tore off his clothes, masturbated in public, and threw his semen at people. Because that's kind of what crazy people do. Um, do you know? Wait, uh, er, do you know crazy people that have done that? I mean, I've seen Silence of the Lambs, and they were pretty cra- crazy. So it it it's maybe been a while since I've seen Silence of the Lambs, but did they get naked, masturbate, and throw semen at people? Well, I mean, there was one guy in one cell that masturbated furiously and then threw his semen at Jodie Foster. Oh. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess I've only ever seen the TV version, and that's not in that. (laughs) I like how we're disputing (laughs) Silence of the Lambs and not the Bible here. Sorry. Please continue. My bad. I will shut up. (laughs) So David then decides to go and hide in a cave like a real man would. Uh, he then started a cult, as all people do when they start hiding out in caves and masturbating in the middle of town. Um, and then some warriors start going commando and join David, uh, join David pantsless. Uh, then Big D goes to Moab to hide his parents. Uh, Big D then leaves his mom and then Saul orders the death of David, his family, and the pedo priests. When uh, the the guard or whatnot wouldn't kill all the priests in the family and David, some a-hole named Doge killed 85 priests because Saul war- uh, wanted it. Um, so, yeah, Doge the dog, you're a fucking asshole. Oh, God. Uh, Doge doesn't stop with the priests, though. He kills every <laughs> motherfucker in that place. I'm guessing they shared his meme way too much and made fun of him a lot. That was in Nob. He went to Nob and killed everybody. Well, Nob, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, he killed he killed his Nob. Anyways, Big D finds out that his Nob got slain. Uh, <laughs> Big D then decides to to take his uh, rage out on some fillies, but the people that he saved from uh, them were snitches that deserved ditches. So he said, "Fuck you!" Threw up the middle finger and left out to the desert. Where he then stumbles upon his uh, ex for some makeup sex or pity sex, whichever one. And then there are these uh, fuckers called the Zit Fights. I don't know that maybe they fight zits all the time. I'm not sure. Uh, but they team up with Zal and they search for Big D. Uh, Saul then at one point has to take a leak and uh, it nearly found the Big D, which I, I don't know how big of a D he was looking for. But um, anyways, uh Apparently, Big D cut off a bit of his uh, of his like uh, uh, cloth, like his uh, clothing, kind of like a stalker does with a girl's hair. You know, cuts off a little bit of the hair, sniffs it, masturbates into it later. 
that's probably what Big D did. He probably masturbated into whatever he could off of Saul. But anyways, um, <laughs> Big D then shows off his uh, cum-covered piece of cloth that he cut off of Saul. Oh, God. Um, and, and that's when Saul was very impressed and wanted to fuck. So they fucked. And um, <laughs> then Sammy dies from the shock of it all. <laughs> the end of Sammy. <laughs> that was so terrible. That, that was. I mean, was I, so I think. I mean, I get the basic storyline. No, no, you didn't. You're not serious right now. Oh, I'm very serious. Big D or or David. I mean, he you know jerked off in the middle of town, no. went, hid in a cave, and then no. fucked Saul. That's no, what happened. That is not what happened. That's not what we're talking about. Mm, okay. <laughs> What's up, heathens? How y'all doing? So, uh, yeah, apparently I didn't get everything right at the very beginning, so now Casey's going to come in and tell us how it really is. Yeah, and I'm not going to come in cloth. (laughs) Neither does anybody else. (laughs) You like all the innuendos I put into it? You always do. Yeah? Mm. All right, so let's find this big D. (laughs) So. We're actually going to start off in, uh, well, today we're going to cover uh, 1 Samuel chapter 21 through, what did I tell you, 24? Yeah, it's 21 through 24. Or 21 through 24, and we're actually going to have a small bit from First Chronicles okay. chapter 12, verses 8 through 18. So that's what we're working on today. And the reason that there's a Chronicles story here in the middle is because we're going through the Daily Bible, which is a chronological telling of the story. So whereas the King James Bible and the other like regular Bibles have the story chopped up, you know, into the appropriate chapters, this is telling the story chronologically. Right. Okay. So that's why we have a little bit of Chronicles in here. We're also, just for your edification, I don't know, for, edification for transparency here. This particular portion of the story has a lot of psalms woven in. Mm -hmm. And the reason there's a lot of psalms here throughout the story is because a lot of these are David's prayers um, during these times. So I'll tell you when David did the prayer, I'll tell you the psalm that belongs there. uh, But I'm not going to read them all because they're just like, Oh, God is good. You are the best, you know. Oh, okay. So it's basically just a lot of God dick sucking. Yes. And it's really annoying and it's really not important. It's not pertinent to the story. It's just them, you know, laying themselves before God. All, all I can hope, <laughs> laying themselves before God. It is. <laughs> Face down Face ass. Down ass up. <laughs> all I can, all I can say is I hope Big D cradled God's balls. I mean, that's all you can really ask for. Yeah. So, as you started this out, the last time we ended with John, Jonathan, who is Saul's son, and David parting ways. And the reason they were parting ways is because Jonathan found out that, figured out that Saul was planning to kill David. And right. so the deal was if Saul was planning to kill David, then Jonathan would tell David and David would have to leave to save his life. Mm-hmm. So that's where we ended last time. They had just parted. Okay. Okay. 
So David from there goes to Nob, and that is really the name of the place. That's <laughs> <laughs> and he goes to see Ahimelech, who is a priest. Ahimelech trembled when he met him and asked, why are you alone? Why is no one with you? So David answered him, the king charged me with a certain matter and said to me, no one is to know anything about your mission and your instructions. As for my men, I have told them to meet me at a certain place. Now then, what do you have on hand? Give me five loaves of bread or whatever you can find. That's oddly specific, isn't it? Yeah. Give me five loaves, not four, not six. Five. Five. Yes. Well, he does say whatever or whatever you can find. So the priest thinks that he's on a mission from King Saul, mm-hmm. right? So the priest answered answers David, I don't have any ordinary bread on hand. However, there is some consecrated bread here, provided the men have kept themselves from women. <laughs> yeah, because you can't eat bread and fuck women. Right. Actually, that's right. You're not allowed to eat consecrated bread. If you've been with a woman in a certain amount of time. I mean, I, I really don't know what this magical property of being consecrated actually means for it. Like, I get the theological thing and yeah. why they did it and everything. But it's it's just kind of like, you know, making the cross over like some water. Oh, now it's holy water. No, that's still a fucking toilet bowl. OK, <laughs> it doesn't matter how how many tracings you do with the letter T across it. Right. Still going to be just fucking water. Same thing with this bread. Yeah, just just bread. It's not going to be any different from any other bread. It's not chemically different. So, yeah, I know. It's I, just bread. Sorry, I had a little rant over I, I know. fucking stupid shit. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> That's like 90% of this channel, right? Right? Okay. So David replied, indeed, women have been kept from us, as usual whenever I set out. The men's things are holy, even on missions that are not holy. So when he's talking about things, he means their bodies or their (laughs) dicks, their dicks, their dicks are holy. Um, Can you imagine like all, all all of them lining up and it's like, they're all sparkly because they're all holy, like (laughs) not their entire bodies, just their dicks are sparkly. (laughs) And it's really weird because it's like, so, but they're only holy if they haven't touched women. Yeah, that's why they touch men. I mean, it's fine to fuck them in the face, right? Or goats. Yeah. As long as it's not a girl goat, because I yeah. think then that would still violate it. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's still violated. <laughs> so the priest gave him the consecrated bread, since there was no bread there except the bread of the presence that had been removed from before the Lord and replaced by hot bread the day it was taken away. So basically the reason the bread was consecrated is because it was placed on the altar, but then they made fresh bread to put on the altar and then pulled the old, old, you know, the old bread down. So they gave him, they gave David the old bread. This seems like a lot of wasted bread, doesn't it? Yeah, honey, they do this every day. Yeah, I know. It's just fucking a waste. Yes, it is. It is a giant waste. I mean, do you know how many? You know how many animals they slaughter? Yeah, I do. And they just sort of burn shit to like ashes. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. So, one of Saul's servants was there that day and detained before the Lord. He was Doeg the Edomite, Saul's head shepherd. So David, oh, is this Doge? Yes. So we're <laughs> going to be introduced to him now, but he's not going to really play much of a role until later in the story. Okay. okay. So 
that's one of Saul's servants who's there. All right. Okay. So David asked Ahimelech, don't you have a spear or sword here? I haven't brought my sword or any other weapon because the king's business was urgent. The priest replied, the sword of Goliath, the Philistine, whom you killed in the Valley of Elah, is here. It is wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you want it, take it. There is no sword here but that one. David said, there is none like it. Give it to me. So now he's got his bread. He's got Goliath's sword, who was not was not Saul's sword. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, and so David takes that stuff and goes on his way. So the day he fled from Saul and went to um, to Achish, king of Gath. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's where he went. The servants of Achish said to him, isn't this David, the king of the land? Isn't he the one that they sing about in their dances? Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. You remember that that Saul got really jealous over? Mm -hmm. Because it just says that Saul has slain thousands, but that David has slain tens of thousands. So it makes David out to be better than Saul. You know, I imagine these people being a lot like the minstrels in Assassin's Creed 2. Because, like, anytime you get into a city in Assassin's Creed 2, the fucking minstrels jump out at you and they won't go away until you throw money at their feet. And I just feel <laughs> it's like it's a these, way to make money. Yeah, well, I, I feel like this is the same thing. David walks through town and the minstrels jump out and they're like, oh, aren't you the guy in this song? Saul has slain his thousand men, but David has slain ten thousand. Yeah, pretty much. And you're like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. So that song really, 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 really pisses Saul off. Right. And that's one of the reasons why Saul wants to kill David is because he's jealous of him. Right. And so David took these words to heart and became afraid of Achish, king of Gath. So he prays and it's a prayer for confidence. Psalm 56, if you want to go read that. Um, and you can can meditate on that Psalm and gain confidence through your inner chakra that feeds up through your middle six chakra. You have no fucking clue what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) So David, in order to like take attention, Oh, I don't, I don't know how this takes attention away from him, but to make him out to not be like a King. So the people don't think he's King. He pretends to be insane in their presence. And while he was in their hands, he acted like a madman, making marks on the doors of the gate and letting saliva run down his beard. Akish said to his servants, look at the man. He's insane. Why bring him to me? Am I so short of madmen that you have to bring this fellow here to carry on like this in front of me? Must this man come into my house? So basically then people are going to like dismiss him as crazy and send him away. So, okay, so where I got it wrong was he didn't come in the streets. He came in this dude's house. Yeah, pretty much. Well, so... He he came in his house. Yeah, I got it. I'm ignoring it. All over the sofa. (laughs) I mean, David just wouldn't stop masturbating. I mean, he was like a fucking dog. (sighs) (laughs) So... Because the king of Gath, who he was, you know, afraid of, uh, pretty much dismissed him as a crazy person. David decides to give thanks to God for his encouragement. So that's Psalm 34. If you would like to read that, it is long and ridiculous. And so David left Gath and escaped the cave of to the cave of Adullam. 
When his brothers and father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. Now, is this cave right next to Oblongatham? <laughs> that's that's <laughs> Medulla. Oh, okay. Oblongata. Sorry. It it's what similar. makes you so ornery. Oh, is it? I thought it was all them teeth I got. Uh-huh. <laughs> so all those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around David, you know, where he left. They, they gathered around him and he became their leader. About at this time, about 400 men were with him. Now, this is in Samuel chapter 22, um, right at the beginning. So, once he gets kind of a, I guess, essentially a cult following, sort of, right? Oh, yeah, he forms a cult. Yeah. Remember, the key part of any cult is you got to fuck all of your followers in the ass. <laughs> it's a pure dominance thing. Don't worry about it. It's purely bureaucratic, but you got to bend over and let, and let me fuck you in the ass. I mean, that's ba- I mean, that's cult 101 shit. Okay. Um, so but I, I, I'm fairly certain Manson did that in all seriousness. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. All right. So at this point, once, once David gets kind of his, his following, then he, pr- he prays for refuge from his enemies. And that is Psalm 142. If you want to look up that. You know, David's doing a lot of prayer right now. Yeah, well, I mean, David is a a pretty important figure in this whole God story, Israel, bringing Israel together. I mean, it's through David that the tribes unite and become the Jews. Well, I mean, I understand that. But at the same time, it's like you get stuck on one particular part in a video game and then you consult the strategy guide for how to get through it. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of cheating a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... At this point, after he starts gaining a following, um, this is one example of the following that he gains. And this is from uh, First Chronicles, chapter 12, right? Verses mm-hmm. 8 through 18. So some Gadites defected to David at his stronghold in the desert. They were brave warriors, ready for battle and able to handle the shield and spear. Their faces were the faces of lions, and they were as swift as gazelles in the mountains. Ezar was the chief. Obadiah, the second in command, Eliab, the third, Mishmana, the fourth, Jeremiah, the fifth, Atai, the sixth, Elil, the seventh, John, uh, Johanan, the eighth, Elzabad, the ninth, Jeremiah, the tenth, and Macbanai, the eleventh. So right now, just imagine a whole bunch of Amish people. Amish guys standing there and they're like, we'll help you out, sir. <laughs> but they're warriors with the I, faces of lions who move like gazelles. Well, yeah. Face like lions. That's the whole beard thing. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, it looks like a crazy fucking Amish guy who's got long <laughs> legs and runs across the plains. I mean, it sounds like the Amish. Well, so these Gadites were army commanders. The least was a match for a hundred. And the greatest for a thousand. So they're basically saying that one of these men was at least better or than a hundred. Okay. Okay. It was they who crossed the Jordan in the first month when it was overflowing all its banks. And they put to flight everyone living in the valleys to the east and to the west. Other Benjamites and some men from Judah also came to David in his stronghold. David went out to meet them and said to them, If you have come to me in peace to help me, I am ready to have you unite with me. 
But if you have come to betray me to my enemy when my hands are free from violence, may the God of our fathers see it and judge you. Then the spirit came upon Amasai, chief of the thirty, and he said, We are yours, O David. We are with you, O son of Jesse. Success, success to you and success to those who help you, for your God will help you. So David received them and made them leaders of his raiding bands. Okay. So now he has essentially a little army, right? A little Amish army. It's it's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So back to 1 Samuel. uh, Hey, do do you know how you scare the Amish? How? You uh, take a potato and create like a potato light. And I mean, you just set it down and they'll, they'll think it's the devil. So, I mean, basically, they could have just thrown a bunch of potatoes. Never mind. Go ahead. Potatoes are the Amish's worst enemy. I feel like this is not factual information. <laughs> I mean, you can make a potato like light. Like, that's a possibility. But Okay. Anyways. All right. So... Uh, back to Samuel, First Samuel chapter 22. So from there, David went to Mizpah in Moab and said to the king of Moab, would you let my father and mother come and stay with you until I learn what God will do for me? So he then left them with the king of Moab and they stayed with him as long as David was in the stronghold. But the prophet Gad said to David, do not stay in the stronghold, go into the land of Judah. So David left and went into the forest of Hereth. So... He's kind of like bouncing all over the place right now. Obviously, yeah. he can't he's, stay in one place because Saul's going to come and get him. Well, he's that hobo that bounces from town to town, crashing on his friend's like furniture. Pretty much. So, now, do you remember Doeg? Ooh, Doge, yes. What's okay. that fucker doing? Well, so do you remember what he was? He was Saul's uh, like head shepherd. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, that's who he was. So, Saul heard that David and his men had been discovered, and Saul, spear in hand, was seated under the tamarisk tree on the hill at Gibeah, with all of his officials standing around him. Saul said to them, Listen, men of Benjamin, will the son of Jesse uh, give all of you fields and vineyards? Will he make all of you commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds? Is that why you have all conspired against me? No one tells me when my son makes a covenant with the son of Jesse. None of you is concerned about me or tells me that my son has incited my servant to lie and wait for me as he does today. (laughs) Well, I mean, they were fucking, sir. I didn't think they were supposed (laughs) to say anything about that. I mean, the order is to kill those kind of people. I mean, you understand that, right? (laughs) Well, accurate. Okay, so, but Doeg the Edomite, who was standing with Saul's officials, said... I saw the son of Jesse come to Ahimelech, son of Ahitub at Nob. Ahimelech inquired of the Lord for him. He also gave him provisions in the sword of Goliath the Philistine. Then the king sent for the priest Ahimelech, son of Ahitub, and his father's whole family, who were priests at Nob. They all came to the king. Saul said, Listen now, son of Ahitub. Ahitub? A, a heated tub. No, that's not yeah. that's not there even an go. option. Nope. Yes, my lord, he answered. <laughs> Saul said to him, Why have you conspired against me? You and the son of Jesse, giving him bread and a sword and inquiring of God for him, so that he has rebelled against me and he lies in wait for me, as he does today. 
Ahimelech answered the king, Who of all your servants is as loyal as David, the king's son-in-law, captain of your bodyguard, and highly respected in your household? Was that day the first time I inquired of God for him? Of course not. Let not the king accuse your servant or any of his father's family, for your servant knows nothing at all about this whole affair. But the king said, You will surely die, Ahimelech, you and your father's whole family. Then the king ordered the guards at his side, Turn and kill the priests of the Lord, because they too have sided with David. They knew he was fleeing, yet they did not tell me. But the king's... I, I, I really like how how Saul can't be bothered to do his own dirty work. Oh, never. No. So instead of him actually doing the work and killing a bunch of fucking people, he's like, I want you to do it because I'm too big of a pussy to do it. Well, they're priests of God. Yeah. He's, he's, ordered, having, or he's ordering people to kill. So the king's officials were not willing to raise a hand to strike the priests of the Lord. Some people have sense. So the king ordered Doeg, you turn and strike down the priests. So Doeg, the Edomite, turned and struck them down. That day he killed 85 men who wore the linen ephod. Jesus fucking Christ. But he wasn't done. You ready? Oh. He also put the sword. He also put to the sword Nob, the town of the priests with its men and women its children and infants, and all its cattle, donkeys, and sheep. Ooh. Well, I, I see the apologetic here is that Saul is obviously working against God, I guess. And so therefore, this isn't good? Maybe? I, I don't know what the fucking apologetic is here. He ordered 85 priests to be killed, and then... The same guy went and killed an entire town and all of the people. Right. But I, I think that it would be very hard to argue that this is because God has left Saul or God. Ha- well, I, I guess in the last the last time we found out that God sent an evil spirit upon Saul. Yes. So, uh, I mean, I think it would be hard like to discern between actual God and evil spirit God. Because or like, what's evil spirit God and what's Saul? Like, what is God's fault and what is Saul's doing? Well, I mean, God has ordered the utter destruction of towns, too. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, this right here would be perfectly in line with what God wanted. And the death of women and children and infants and cattle mm-hmm. and everything. So I don't I mean, it's hard to distinguish like what just because they said so like this part here. This is God saying to do it. But this part is just Saul deciding. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it'd be hard to discern, too. Yeah. So David finds out about what happened at Nob and what happened with the uh, uh, Himalex family. How do you think David felt when he found out that they cut his knob? <laughs> Just asking. I mean, for I feel like that was pretty normal. <laughs> I mean, especially for David, like he's. If you remember, I don't know if it was last time or the time before, and he was talking about, you know, taking out the uncircumcised. So, I mean, I think he's pretty much along the same lines. So, uh, this uh, one of Ahimelech's sons escaped and fled to join David. So, he escaped this whole mess. And he told David that Saul had killed the priests of the Lord. So then David said to him that day when Doeg the Edomite was there, I knew he would be sure to tell Saul. 
I am responsible for the death of your father's whole family. Stay with me and don't be afraid. The men who the man who is seeking your life is seeking mine also, and you will be safe with me. And then David prays and about the evildoer, and um, that is Psalm fifty-two. Yay, Psalm so, fifty-two. Yeah, if you're interested, <laughs> Psalm fifty-two is there for you. So when David was told, um, we're gonna we're gonna skip a little bit. Well, we're not actually skipping, but the story kind of just takes a different direction here. Right. So when David was told, look, the Philistines are fighting against Kyla, which is a town mm-hmm. and are looting and threshing the floors. He, David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I go and attack the Philistines? The Lord answered him, go attack the Philistines and save Kyla. But David's men said to him here in Judah, we are afraid. How much more than if we go to Kyla against the Philistine forces, And so once again, David inquired to the Lord and the Lord answered him, go down to Kila for I am going to give the Philistines into your hand. So David and his men went to Kila, fought the Philistines and carried off their livestock. He inflicted heavy losses on the Philistines and saved the people of Kila. And I'm sure he suffered no losses because that's how big D rolls. (laughs) Well, and it's interesting. It's like in the Bible, it's either... One side pretty much kills everybody or the other side pretty much kills everybody else. But then you never hear about the losses. It's not like, oh, we won the battle, but we also lost 5,000 men. You know what I mean? It's never like that. It's like, we killed 80,000 fuckers and nobody died. It's completely unreasonable. (laughs) So, So Saul was told that David had gone to Kyla and... He said, God has handed him over to me, for David has imprisoned himself by entering a town with gates and bars. And Saul called up his forces for battle to go down to Kila and besiege David and his men. When David learned that Saul was plotting against him, here's what I want to know. Sorry, I'm going to stop for a second. (laughs) How How do they learn of all of these things? It's like when David learned that Saul was plotting, how the fuck did he know? Well, my guess is is that he probably had um, recorders around. No, they did. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, like human recorders, like humans that would just sit there and listen and observe and just write down every fucking thing that was done. But then you have to have people that are betray. Like you have to have people betraying the the sides. You have spies with in in your presence all the time and you'd be sending spies and risking their life. And then they'd have to come back and forth. And it just seems like a lot of like going back and forth. And I I guess it just doesn't make sense. Like now could you have spies and get information real quick? Sure. But then no way. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I don't get it. So anyway, when David learned that Saul was plotting against him, he said to Abiathar, the priest, which is the son of uh, Ahimelech's son, uh, bring the ephod, David said. O Lord God of Israel, your servant has heard d- definitely that Saul plans to come to Kila and destroy the town on account of me. Will the citizens of Kila surrender me to him? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? O Lord God of Israel, tell your servant. And the Lord God said, He will. And David asked, Will the citizens of Kila surrender me and my men to Saul? And the Lord said, They will. Snitches get ditches. 
Well, so it's funny stitches because the, these are the people that Saul or not Saul. Sorry. These are the people that David and his men just saved from the Philistines. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, and now God is saying, yeah, they're they're going to give you up, man. So David and his men, which at this time is about 600, left Kyla and kept moving from place to place. When Saul was told that David had escaped from Kyla, he didn't go there. David stayed in the desert strongholds and in the hills of the desert of Ziph. Day after day, Saul searched for him, but God did not give David into his hands. Why did he stay in, in the Ziths? Ziph. Oh. Desert Ziph. of Ziph. Z-I-P-H. Is that like a weird fucked up version of Biff? No. Oh, okay. So... <laughs> At this point, we're in Samuel chapter First uh, Samuel chapter twenty three, and it says that God did not give David into his hands. So David, of course, has to pray and sing and praise God for his protection. So Psalm sixty three is there for you. Psalm sixty three is where David gets completely naked, dances around an altar, and prays for God to do something. Yeah. It's it's a it's eerily like wicked shit, <laughs> but I can trust trust me. It's it's Yahweh shit. Actually, this is a really like. Do you actually want me to read a little bit of this one because it's like really kind of you you you'll enjoy it. Okay, you ready? Sure. So Psalm sixty three. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you <laughs> in a dry and weary land where there is no water. He's a thirsty bitch. He is a thirsty bitch, <laughs> isn't he? He's probably right now is when he immediately he, he goes from a jumping kind of move yeah. directly into face down ass up. Yeah. My body thirsts for you, Lord. Ah! I know you guys can't see it, but GE was leaning forward and shaking his ass in his chair. <laughs> hysterical. Okay. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. <laughs> because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. <laughs> he, he took a hold of the god dick and then he sucked that god dick. <laughs> Oh my god! Keep going. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied with the riches of food. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. <laughs> On my bed, I will remember you. I I think of you through the watches of the night because you are my help. I sing in the shadows of your wings. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. <laughs> God's, <laughs> God's giving them a reach around. That's what that is. They who seek my life will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the sword and become food for jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by God's name will praise him while the mouths of liars will be silent. <laughs> so there you go. That's Psalm 63. I figured you would like the the majority of it. Oh, God. That was great. See, you think you can innuendo. No, nah, David is definitely the innuendo king. I mean, he's got dick on the mind all the time, this <laughs> David guy. Speaking of dick on the mind, 
while David was at Horesh in the, in the desert of Ziph, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. And Saul's son, Jonathan, went to David at Horesh and helped him find strength in God. <laughs> Don't be afraid, he said. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. You will be king over Israel and I will second to you. Oh, as, as, as uh, I guess, um, what would a good bottom does? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was thinking like queen, but queen wouldn't really suffice. I guess that would be second king. No, not really. But like his deputy. Oh, okay. Kind of. So. Assless chaps <laughs> all the time. That's the only thing you wear, Jonathan. Do you understand me? So he says, my father Saul knows this. The two of them made a covenant before the Lord. Then Jonathan went home and David remained at Horesh. So that's he he did the walk of shame, but it was an awkward walk of shame. I got to tell you. (laughs) Well, they made they made a covenant. They yeah. I mean, a covenant with David's dick and Jonathan's ass. Yeah. And then probably they were sucking each other off at a couple times. Maybe. I I mean, mean, David did just finish singing the song. I know about holding glory in his hand. Yeah. And, and, you know, pleasing it with his mouth. Um, So anyway, the Ziphites went up to Saul at Gibeah and said, is not David hiding among us in the strongholds at Horesh on the hill of Hakila south of Jeshimon? This is ridiculous. Now, O king, come come down whenever it pleases you to do so, and we will be responsible for handing him over to you, the king. Saul replied, the Lord bless you for your concern for me. Go and make further preparation. Find out where David usually goes and who has seen him there. And then tell me, they tell me he is very crafty. Find out about all the hiding places he uses and come back to me with definite information. Then I will go with you. If he is in the area, I will track him down among the clans of Judah. So they set out and went to Ziph ahead of Saul. Now David and his men were in the desert of uh, Moan. And it in the Arabah south of Jeshimon, Saul and his men began the search. And when David was told about it, he went down to the rock and stayed in the desert. When Saul heard this, he went to the desert of Moan in pursuit of David. So here we have another psalm. And that's it's basically David reacting to those who are informing the Ziphites, those who are informing against him. He's mm-hmm. upset about it. And basically he wants um, he wants God to understand that these people are coming coming after him. And he wants protection, obviously. Mm-hmm. I figured this would be the song of the assassins where he, he gets <laughs> his like super sneaky skills. Perhaps. So Saul was go- going along one side of the mountain and David and his men were on the other side of the mountain. So like they were really close mm-hmm. and Saul almost had him. So it wasn't for those meddling kids. <laughs> so David and his men were on the other side, hurrying to get away from Saul as Saul and his forces were closing in on David and his men to capture them. A messenger came to Saul saying, come quickly. The Philistines are raiding the land. Then Saul broke off his pursuit of David and went to meet the Philistines. And that is why they call this place Selah uh, Hamalekoth, Hamalekoth, which apparently means rock of parting. I don't, they do not, there is no place called this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
And David went up from there and lived in the strongholds of En Gedi. So they were super close to catching him, mm-hmm. but then Saul and his men had to go fight the Philistines. Right. Okay. So after Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, he was told David is in the desert of En Gedi. So Saul took 3,000 chosen men from all of Israel and set out to look for David and his men near the crags of the wild goats. I don't know. This is, by the way, this is beginning of chapter 24. Okay. He came to the sheep pens. He came to the sheep pens along the way and a cave was there. Saul went in to the cave to relieve himself. (laughs) David and his men were far back in the cave. The men said, this is the day the Lord spoke of when he said to you, I will give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. Then David crept up unnoticed and cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Afterward, David was conscience stricken for having cut off a corner of his robe. He said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lift my hand against him for that he is anointed of the Lord. With these words, David rebuked his men and did not allow them to attack Saul. And Saul left the cave and went on his way. Then David went out of the cave and called out to Saul, My lord the king. When Saul looked behind him, David bowed down and prostrated himself (laughs) uh, (laughs) with, with his face to the ground. He said to Saul, why do you listen when men say David is bent on harming you? This day you have seen with your own eyes how the Lord delivered you into my hands in the cave. Some urged me to kill you, but I spared you. I said, I will not lift my hand against my master because he is the Lord's anointed. See, my father, look at this piece of your robe in my hand. I cut off the corner of your robe, but I did not kill you. Now understand and recognize that I am not guilty of wrongdoing or rebellion. I have not wronged you, but you are hunting me down to take my life. May the Lord judge between you and me, and may the Lord avenge the wrongs you have done to me. But my hand will not touch you. As the old saying goes, from evildoers come evil deeds, so my hands will not touch you. Against whom has the king of Israel come out? Whom are you pursuing? A dead dog? A flea? May the Lord be our judge and decide between us. May he consider my cause and uphold it. May he vindicate me by delivering me from your hand. So when David finished this whole fucking diatribe here, Saul asked, is that your voice, David, my son? And he wept aloud. You are more righteous than I. You have treated me well, but I have treated you badly. You have just now told me of the good you did to me. And the Lord delivered me into your hands, but you did not kill me. When a man finds his enemy, does he let him get away unharmed? May the Lord reward you well for the way you have treated me today. I know that you will surely be king and that the kingdom of Israel will be established in your hands. Now swear to me by the Lord that you will not cut off my descendants or wipe out my name from my father's family. So David gave his oath to Saul. Then Saul returned home, but David and his men went up to the stronghold. Well, I mean, David's fucking his son, so I don't <laughs> think it's like no. And he's married not, to his daughter. Yeah, so it's like I, you know, I'm not gonna slay him with a sword, but I'll slay him with my sword. <laughs> so, so after this, David, of course, prays uh, for to God for giving him safety and for basically the covenant that they just agreed to and whatever psalm 57 
if you would like to go read that. And then all we know and have talked about Samuel. You remember Samuel? I do remember Sammy. Okay. So all that we've talked about him, here's what he gets at the end of his life. Okay. Now Samuel died and all Israel assembled and mourned for him. And they buried him at his home in Ramah. That's it? That's it. He just kills over. It's like, oh my God, he's fucking both the son, the daughter, and the father. (laughs) God damn, this is like Jerry Springer. (laughs) Oh, oh, I'm coming, Elizabeth. I'm coming. (laughs) So, so, yeah, Samuel dies. And that is actually the beginning of uh, 1 Samuel chapter 25. That's the first verse. Well, 1A. So. Okay. And that's where we're going to end today. Yay! Yeah. No, I, I I really do enjoy you laying out all of this information from directly from the Bible because now we we know like the actual story that's in the Bible according to the Bible, uh-huh. so we know exactly what kind of fucking they were doing back then. Because holy <laughs> fuck, this is like a Jerry Springer show. Yeah. Like, all we need is the trailer park bitch to come out of like left field. Yeah. And be like, I'm carrying David's baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would be hilarious. And actually, don't we, isn't it David who gets um, one of his soldier's wives pregnant? Uh, Yes, I believe that's much, yeah, that's much later. Yeah. uh, After God has used him all up. It's Uriah, right? Yeah. He, fu- he, he wants Uriah's wife, and so he fucks Uriah's wife, and she gets pregnant, and so... And then he try- he like he tries to get Uriah to come home, uh, basically, so he and his wife will have relations, so that nobody knows that it was David that got Uriah's wife pregnant. Right, and yeah. Y- yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll discuss what happens to good old Uriah. Oh yeah, that'll be, that'll be a little ways down the way. Next week, we're going to talk some more about David and Saul. We're going to meet Abigail. Um, we are, uh, let's see, uh, Saul's going to do some dumb shit and apologize. Um, we're going to have some more warriors and raids and we're going to have a little bit more Chronicles next time. We're going to mix up first Samuel and Chronicles again a little bit. And, uh, then there are going to be some new rules established and that's pretty much where we're going to go next time. Okay. Awesome. Well, heathens, we really do appreciate you joining for these podcasts. If you will, leave a comment down below with what you thought about today's Bible study. Yes. And uh, let us know exactly where did David jerk off at? Was it in the streets <laughs> or was it in the house? You really don't have to comment about that. Talk about it, please. I, I really want to know. I believe it was in the streets, but it could have been in the sheets. We don't know. Anyways, leave those comments down below. We'd love to hear from you. If you would like to join the Skeptic Mafia, just hit up joinskepticmafia.com and you will be able to become part of the Skeptic Mafia. Yes, and don't forget to stand up and use your voice. Bye, heathens. Bye, y'all.